This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. Well, the tournament is done and dusted, Barry. We can put a little tick or a carver notch in the stick at the club. Created history. Yeah. How did you find it? Well, those first 10 minutes lasted forever. I've never been so worried before a tournament that something was going to go wrong. And we had a 10-minute delay before the first match. And I thought, oh, my God. This is it. Something terrible has happened. But anyway, Martin and Paul had everything under control. We all started a little bit late. Soon caught up that time. Everything finished on time. All seemed to go remarkably well. But 216 to 1. That's pretty long odds, Mariana. Yep, it is. You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't care. I'm just agreeing. I'm just being a good little girl today. 216 to 1 is the odds that Kermit and I figured out. The chances of her and I being screen mates for the first match, there were 216 people playing, and we ended up behind the same screen for match one. That was pretty funny, wasn't it? Oh, right. Yes. Sorry, I'll just whip back to the 10-minute start. Thank you to all the Hamilton subs sitting there in the lobby just in case we needed you, and guess what? We did. So thank you. It was great. There weren't too many boards that had to be played by subs. I had a bit of a look. It must have been... Maybe three or four or half a dozen. There weren't a lot. Yeah. Just as well we had them. Everything seemed to go remarkably smoothly. But I did breathe a huge sigh of relief when it was all over. <laughs> oh, I think it was great. The comments throughout the tournament were encouraging. People enjoyed it. Got a couple of texts after it finished Saturday night saying, well done. It was a great tournament. I think this is the way I was playing against some people down in Wellington They said they would never have taken the time to travel to Hamilton, the accommodation and the travel costs from Wellington, but absolutely loved being able to stay at home and play. And with all those other little places around the Mutu. We played against people from Timaru and Queenstown, and I met Bill Mickia, who I haven't seen for probably over 20 years, and he was my spring mate, the nicest guy you'd ever meet. G'day, Bill, if you're listening. Great to see him. He obviously wouldn't have made it all the way to Hamilton from down south if it hadn't been for the online opportunity. So actually... There's some big advantages in an online, and you will see people that you would never normally see if we were playing face-to-face bridge. Absolutely. And it opens the door wide up for endless possibilities for tournaments. I don't know whether it's going to be the next latest thing, but it's certainly going to be one of them, isn't it? The Hamilton Bridge Club sending out an email to all of the team captains asking for feedback to see what they thought of it. What I've had so far, it's been very positive. Mm-hmm. And we're going to share those with NZ Bridge, who was sort of using this as a bit of a, a trial to see how it will go. So we'll be sharing that with NZ Bridge as well. So hopefully that will be helpful for them. You know, maybe we can look forward to another online. I know the interprovincials are going to be online and people will be able to bits even with a 30 minute delay or whatever it is right well that was an exciting weekend anything happening this weekend no there's not but i do think that there is a possibility um i don't know whether i should reveal this go on i think nz bridge are 
looking at the clubs that are in level three, perhaps mm-hmm. being able to run an online session of the Babbage Pairs. This is the New Zealand-wide pairs that is oh, run on a perfect. Friday. So, you know, how we have heats all around the country. Well, obviously, Auckland and the Waikato won't be holding any face-to-face heats. It's a possibility, and it's no guarantee that they could be held online. So let's cross our fingers and hope that if we're not out of level three, and odds are some of us won't be, we can um, mm. we can hold some heat online. Great. It's good, isn't it? Because we've actually got options now, whereas before we didn't have any. Yeah, but now that's right. we have. I mean, it's good that NZ Bridge allowed us to have that, and if they allow us to have a few more, that's a good thing, because, I mean, the option is we'll all become members of the Australian Bridge Federation and play over there. <laughs> I'm not recommending that, by the way. <laughs> because there are plenty of events being held online, offering master points that we can play in in Australia. So we end up going to keep up with them and, and hold on to our members. I don't really want to put the kibosh on it. What about Congress? Things aren't going too flash here in our country, and Congress potentially might get affected once again. Well, we might be a bit more savvy with real bridge platforms. I don't know. I don't know what sort of level we'll be in by February, but seems sort of like having five or six hundred people sitting around in the same venue together from all over the country with only a card table in between them might not be something we're allowed to do. Anyway, at least the trail has been well and truly lit now and we can go down that track and we'll see what happens. But like I said, I'm glad that we've now got a potential option. I did get an email from Kim Elloway from the Gold Coast Congress in Australia. Yep. It's definitely going ahead. Queensland is going to open their borders from something like the 17th of December, I think it was. The Gold Coast Congress in Australia definitely going ahead. And we're talking about upwards of 2,000 people that go and play at that right. one. It's going to be a face-to-face Congress. They seem to be pretty confident they're going to go ahead with. Well, that's one of the tournaments you regularly travel. Is that something you would consider? Yeah, we would. We're both double vax. Queensland seems to be probably safer than most places at the moment. Yeah, we would consider going. I mean, we've been a lot of times, a great place to go for a holiday. There'll be some people that just won't want to. I think Jenny and I might. Hey, talking about double vax, why don't we pop off and listen to the radio sports show from Westport? The Westport Bridge Club have made a decision about vaccination on their club, so we'll go off and have a little listen now. Hey, it's the Celtics Westport Saturday Morning Sports Breakfast Show, and uh, as per usual, we're going to start the show off with a little bit of bridge, and a very good morning, Phil Rutherford. Good morning, Barry. Good good morning, Dave. Good morning to all the listeners out there on this uh, rather nice-looking um, morning here on the best coast. You can't beat a day like this. Bridge. I noticed something about members being reminded of the expectations in playing bridge now. What are the local club's expectations for people coming into the bridge club? You know, with um, the vaccinations and the mask wearings and things like that? Okay, Look, absolutely, Barry. And this has been quite topical in bridge generally around the country. We, we being the Westport Bridge Club, have... uh, We ask that members do not come to the table unless they are vaccinated. Is that mandating vaccination... I guess it is. Uh, We've had some feedback that we may be doing this, uh, impinging on the rights of those people who who choose not to be vaccinated. Uh, The Westport Committee takes the view that one of their responsibilities is to uh, encourage play, uh, enable participation, and the reality is there are a significant number of our club members who will not come to the bridge unless they know they're in an environment that mm. they consider to be safe, and that includes that other players at the table will also be vaccinated. So we have taken that, that position. 
Uh, obviously, as a committee, we, we, we don't have the, that, those rights, if you like, to inquire of people or, or require people to produce evidence of vaccination. Yeah. And it's in, we, so we rely on their integrity, Barry. I mean, generally speaking, people who play bridge are people of integrity, and we're letting them know, please do not come if you're not vaccinated. And we, as a consequence of that, we're starting to get good numbers back into the club. Hey, it was great to see Ray Kernow and Phil Rutherford and his, his buddies from Westport playing at our Congress online on the weekend. I'm sure they wouldn't have probably been at if it was held in Hamilton and they had to travel all the way up from Westport. Yeah, it's good. You get people from all over the place playing on the Real Bridge platform. And yes, their stance on double vac. I'm picking they're not going to be alone. Is that your view too? <laughs> It won't be. There's one improvement I think Real Bridge could make, and it should specially be made for Westport. What's that? Well, I wonder if there's any way they could get any of those white paper fritters through the, you know, the line. <laughs> what do you think? Maybe in between rounds they could put up a little picture of it. That'll be the closest <laughs> in the middle. Oh, no, that would just make my mouth water. I'm a big <laughs> fan of white paper fritters, Mariana. Are you? I don't do I that. I never to Naki without stopping off at Mokau on the way past for one of their big white bait fritters. Only 12 bucks and it covers the plate. <laughs> Remember your friend Wayne Smith? Didn't he provide us with some white bait? Correct. Yes, well, Nomad's <laughs> probably not the Nomad at the moment, is he? He won't be flipping up and down between <laughs> here, there and everywhere as well. <laughs> By the way, the directors did a fantastic job on Real Bridge. Martin Oyston and Paul Coleman. Yeah, great job, guys. Really was. I uh, just so grateful to you. And I never heard a bad word about either of you. So you must have done a good job because it's pretty easy to complain about the director in general, isn't it, Mariana? <laughs> True that. Coming up next, we're heading off to the courthouse. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Good morning, Judge Julie. Morning. How have you recovered from your weekend's bridge? Good. I mean, it felt so much like having a normal weekend in a lot of ways. It was actually a real relief. <laughs> Ten weeks today for Auckland. Oh, dear. I'm sure the Hamilton Bridge Club is happy that the Aucklanders feel a bit more part of the rest of the country just for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'd go that far. We've never really felt like we're the rest of the country, have we? <laughs> okay, this morning's question. So if you're sitting at the table with four people and two of them are maybe not getting on so well, they're having a bit of a disagreement about a hand or about something, neither of them want to call the director, what the heck do you do? Well, the easy answer is somebody calls the director. We had years ago, I think our first or second Congress that we played, New Zealand peers, and we had hesitations and we had stuff happening at the table and we didn't call the director. I was a tournament director, I did know, but I was intimidated about people I didn't know and all the nerves and all the things that happened, and we didn't call. Things escalated, and it got nastier and nastier, and we see this happen when we direct, where people start off with having a bit of a disagreement, and then it just translates into a full-blown World War III sometimes, not necessarily quite that bad, but... Anyone, call the director at the table. And to make it really clear, if you call the director, you remove the problem from your table to the director, who will go away and consider it and come back and give a ruling. Or if you call the director, he will settle things or she will settle things down. 
So it's really important. If something happens and you don't call and then something else happens and now you're thinking, I should have called and I'm really annoyed and then other things happen, then life starts getting pretty bad. So when things are going wrong, or things are getting unpleasant because we've got a thing about etiquette and everything else, the best thing you can do, call the director. If we leave it to the people that are involved in a contretemps, then they're sort of not thinking about things. They're thinking about how annoyed they are. They're not thinking, I should do something. And the director really does. It takes it away from you and makes it the director's issue, and the director will apply laws. They're an unbiased person, and they will come back, and if nothing else, they will settle the table down. Okay, so it's not even your problem, but you call the director because they won't call them. The director arrives and says, what's your problem? They probably won't say that. (laughs) probably say, how can I help? (laughs) Yeah, and then then you get... (laughs) Oh, I see. Just you get that. Me being very articulate here. And the director's going, calm down, and, and it just sorts itself. I mean, seriously. <laughs> it's not my problem, it's their problem. Or what do I? Yeah, look, I had a hesitation or something happen years ago at a table, and I got called. And in the end, I just got nowhere. So very quickly, I told one pair to go and sit in the lobby and the other pair at the table, and I went and spoke to them completely separately to find out what on earth was going on, had a think about it, decided putting them back together was probably not the best idea for the rest of the country. Seriously. And there's a variety of reasons about why it may happen, but getting the director there generally puts the brakes on pretty quickly. Hang on, hang on. I want to know what happened. So if if you don't want to put them back together, what did you do with them? Adjusted. I think that they probably had one board left and I just gave an adjusted score, which wasn't an, I, it was 40-40. I mean, seriously, these people <laughs> were, were hammer and tongs, you know. And I don't know what it so was you, that so you, it off. So you just moved them on to the next table and didn't let them go back to their war. <laughs> yeah, you can't always do that. Sometimes you can sort of say to someone, take a walk, take a deep breath, come back. Or I'm going to stay here. I have told people they're not allowed to speak to each other because as soon as one person says something, away it goes again. So pretty common that we have eruptions at various points and there's a lot of underlying reasons. It tends to get worse as we get closer to the end of an event where people are looking to win and that's getting more competitive. But it can happen at any point if we've got people that are stressed for various reasons and are just not being particularly tolerant. And I would guess at the moment that that might be really common because, as I said, 10 weeks today, tolerance is possibly something that is beginning to fail a wee bit in some parts of the country. God, who would think that anybody would have Judge Julie as their therapist? (laughs) I wouldn't be too sure about that. You can always ask Patrick next time you're talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Have a good week, everyone. Hey, Barry, we've been talking about our Hamilton <laughs> tournament, online tournament, but we've forgotten to mention the winners. The winners also won the Open Teams event in Australia. Yeah, Nick Jacob and Gao Tislavol were involved in both teams. The team in Hamilton, though, was Gao Tislavol and Nick Jacob. And another Jacob, Tom Jacob, Nick's dad, and Brian Mace. 
So they won yeah, by quite a distance in the end. I guess in, in horse racing parlance, you'd say the run of the race came from the people that ran second. Yeah. From a long way back in the field, and I'm talking a seriously long way back. Funnily enough, uh, I was talking to Nigel, actually, our president, before day two started, or maybe even after the first match. And I said, look, I think they could still get into the frame from where they are. They really? were sort of like a 29th or something. I actually said that to him, and he'll verify this, I'm sure. Anyway, they, they got up to run second, and that was a meritorious performance from where they came. It was Michael Weir and Hugh McGann playing with Peter Newell and Martin Reed. Never say die, Mariana. Yeah. Never say die until the dead horse kicks you, is what they say, isn't it? Well, good on them, Mr. Ware and Hugh. Awesome. So Never say die kick. until the what? Never say die until a dead horse kicks you. That's what they reckon. <laughs> well, we do have a horsey person on the show, so let's go off to the horsey frog. Get your gumboots on. We're going down to the pond. Manamana. 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 What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Good morning, Kermit. Hey there. I can't wait for this week's tip. I've been hearing about it and suspense is just killing me. I can't wait another second. Oh my goodness. Well, you're going to have to wait another second, Barry, because <laughs> I've got a complaint. Oh, what a jack-up. I was told that the draw at the Waikato teams was a random draw. And at match one, who turns up as my screen mate? Barry Jones. It's a setup. <laughs> uh, we had a ball, Mariana. Unfortunately, they thrashed us. It was a good fun match. I reckon she'd done her hair, especially. I think Rochelle had been in. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my tip this week is inspired by what happened in one match. Not our match, Barry, but a match against a very good pair a little bit later on. And my tip this week is... Just got a bad board, don't make it too. So bridge players everywhere, whether you're a, a real newbie or you're a world champ, I've got some news for you. Sometimes you're going to get a bad board. Sometimes something's going to go wrong. Now the trick is to move on and not make one bad board into two. So what happened on the weekend was my screenmate was very disappointed in the result of a board. I think he felt that his partner had not defended optimally, she says, very politically correct. And he was quite, I think he was just very disappointed. The very next board, he forgot the system himself because I believe he was thinking about that last board. So he started with one bad board and ended up with two. So... It's different for everyone about how you cope with that, how you cope with processing that you've had a bad board. It certainly is a skill that you need to develop, is how you process having a bad board and ensure that it doesn't turn into two or more bad boards. Bob Hammond that they asked once, what do you do after you've had a bad board? And he said, I put my hand back in the slot and I move on to the next board. It sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? But yeah, Well, it does, and not everyone can do that, and mm. that's fine. We're all different. But you can find a way to process it. And, you know, I've seen people sort of going through the hand, sort of getting it out of the way in their head, 
But when push comes to shove, whether it's physically putting the cards back in the board and moving on or mentally putting them back in the board and moving on, it's a skill that you need to acquire. And is there really any one of us that can say we've never gone on to the next hand still thinking about what happened on the last one? I know I couldn't say that. Well, all you can do is try. It's like any other skill. I believe it takes practice. Whether it's playing horses or whether it's going on to the next board. Easier to say. It's easier to say triple squeeze than it is to do one, but, you know, it's quite good if you can achieve it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like doing your dressage test, Mariana. I still remember one that murders me even now. What's that song from um, Frozen? Let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Let it go, yeah. It's me who tossed and turned a little bit last night about a couple of heads. Oh, my goodness, why didn't I such and such? (laughs) Bridge players are famous for not letting hands go. I mean, some of us can still remember hand from years ago, decades ago in some case. I bet if I asked Pam for a hand from 20 years ago, she could probably give me one. Oh, I probably could. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. And here we go this week with another short clip from the In the Cards documentary featuring Vincent Dumay and Gavin Walter. It's the second day of the tournament and you can feel the pressure mount. For one thing, half the field has been eliminated. For another thing, the anti-cheating screens have gone up. No eye contact between partners, no secret gestures. But it's as though Gavin and Vince can read each other's minds. They keep racking up the big points and climbing up the leaderboard. By the end of the second day, they're in first place. Two of the youngest players to ever hold the lead in this event. Do you have our scores? Yeah. I want to see them. <laughs> We've only lost Zims on five hands. Well, we just kicked butt. <laughs> that was good. We're leading by like a match and a half. So basically, if we, if we win big the next one, we're... I would not like to be the team in second when they're down by 25 victory points. It's, it's out of their control. If we win all our matches, there's nothing that anybody can do. Can do. Yeah. The ball's in our hands. It's the final day of the tournament, and the boys have built a nearly insurmountable lead on the rest of the field. Then they sit down against one of the toughest pro pairs in the world. These women are being paid by this man, George Rosencrantz, one of the inventors of the birth control pill. He loves to win bridge trophies, so he lavishes his players with money so they can spend all their time perfecting their game. He's the kind of sponsor Gavin and Vince would love to impress. But the women's bidding code is so sophisticated, it makes child's play of Gavin and Vince's. All the boys can do is pass and watch. They just played probably the best female pair in the entire world. And I wouldn't say they got rocked, but they had a very bad set. And it's not like we get played that any different when we, when we got blitzed. I mean, no, it was no, exactly. Just I mean, did what we thought was right at the time, and it turned out to be bad. It's now a horse race. With just one round left, the boys are going to have to play their best if they're going to win. Good luck, boys. (laughs) If they lose, 
humiliation. Squandering a huge lead in the home stretch isn't something that people will soon forget. Each of their fledgling bridge careers are at stake. Okay, we're almost over for this week's show again. Boy, it goes quick, Barry. What are our yeah. last thoughts this time? The Auckland Bridge Club are running their sessions on a regular basis on Real Bridge now and here tell that they would like to start issuing master points, if anyone NZ Bridge says, and running those sessions and charging five bucks a session. You're a member of the Hamilton Bridge Club Committee, Mariana, and I'm not. Do you think that Hamilton Bridge Club will start looking at running some sessions and get a little bit of income from the club because it's been sadly lacking in the last few months? Well, in my position, and I don't mind saying so, I reckon anything's possible. If what the weekend has just proven is that we can do it and there is a possible way to do it. So I think Hamilton will be in boots and all, Barry. There you go. There's one vote on the Hamilton committee, guys. All she needs is a couple more and we're in. But yeah, you're right. I mean, if we can run 54 tables, it's going to be a walk in the park holding eight or 10 or 15 tables or whatever it is at the Hamilton Bridge Club, isn't it? So you listeners out there, what I'd like to hear is, one, what's your personal thought about the vaccination stand and also about this online session? I reckon, Barry, that some clubs may start opening up more sessions. They'll keep their face-to-face and open up a real bridge session. I don't think it's going to actually detract from the face-to-face, but I do think it's going to improve the way that clubs now offer bridge to their members. And yeah. I think it's going to be a good thing. I don't think it's going to be a negative. I think um, NZ Bridge probably has some worries that it is going to detract from face-to-face bridge by having online. It's a pretty difficult balancing act for them to... Well, I don't form. think they've got any issues, Barry, because I love nothing more than jumping in my car and driving out of Hamilton, thinking, <laughs> yeah... I'm doing my thing. I don't actually get that high when I'm so right, I'm just going upstairs, walk up six steps to come up to play bridge. There's no fun in that. Even though my bar's always open at 182, there's no fun. I mean, I'd more rather jump in my car. Okay. I was doing some sums with a friend of mine, Tony Blackburn, talking about what it all costs, you know, and I don't think you'll mind me saying, you know, their team was going to travel to Hamilton. Yep. They booked an Airbnb. They were going to pay their $100 entry fee each. They were going to pay their accommodation. They had to get there. I mean, they reckon their team would have spent at least a couple of grand easily on all of that. And we have 54 teams. That's $150,000 probably um, that would have got spent. Instead of that, it cost them 40 bucks each. They stayed home, didn't have to pay to go out, didn't have to fill up the Blue Falcon. (laughs) I know. It was all good. So, I mean, there is a lot of savings done that way. And even Hamilton Bridge Club, we didn't have to do catering. We didn't have to pay a scorer. We talked about this. Okay, I know there's some downsides, but boy, there's a lot of upsides. Yeah, I can see that. But still, the thrill of driving out, going to a tournament, probably putting your game clothes on and your game face on, and driving out and thinking, yep, right, I'll have a glass of wine at lunch, I'll have a glass of wine when I left, and I'll still be under the limit of driving. All of that little planning's gone out the window, Barry. I love driving out. I was driving through Narawahi the other day, and Petra was $2.49 a litre. True. you got that bloody <laughs> problem too. <laughs> that thrill soon subsides when you happen to pay that. <laughs> Plus, you don't have to take any annual leave if you have to take a day off to travel. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's it from us. We're going to catch up with you next week. 
send us an email, bridgezoneshuffle at gmail.com. Hey, and we're doing another 10-minute video on Friday with Judge Julian Kerman, so watch out for that. Take care. Bye. Okay, see ya. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring Bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. More episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.